Abba Yahweh, your word, your treasure, your jewels, your gems, your gold in this treasury, Father, your verses in your treasury. And you provide in that same place the Davos, Yarema, to pulse that we can parry the jabs and darts that are cast at us from the enemy and his minions, Father God. Thank you for sharing this knowledge and wisdom with me so that I can share with my brothers and sisters, Father, and that it is a good word, a true word, a knowledgeable word, and a word of wisdom, Father God. Thank you for this. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Parakletos Aman. Brothers and sisters, I've been sharing with you, and <clears throat> we're going to go and part again, <clears throat> pardon me, to the treasure of God's word, the treasure in his treasury, that through the word of God we find gold, we find the gems, it's also lagos, our armory, that we can draw rima to be able to parry the stabs and thrusts of the enemy. Brothers and sisters, that is when it tells us that we're to have the sword. Carry the sword with us all at all times. The sword is the word of God. And sometimes it's not possible to actually carry that. That's why the word tells us we have to have this in our heart and our mind so that we can have it with us all the time. And again, I'm going to remind you that when Jesus was in the wilderness after he was baptized and he was fasting, the devil came and tempted him. And the knowledge that he had, he was able to pull every time that Satan tried to come at him with one of the swords of temptations and uh, talking about turn the stone to bread and cast yourself down and the angels would catch you and and uh, that he would provide them all the kingdoms. And each and every time that Satan came with that, Jesus Christ rebuked him and came back with a verse and a chrema from the word of God. Thou shalt not tempt thy Lord thy God. Man does not live by bread alone. And how is he going to exalt him above exalted, the sovereign God of all things? Brothers and sisters, we have to remember that, you know, uh, Satan gets into our mindset and it's very often. And yeah, I'm going to talk about the enemy again because he's real. And the word talks about that. But here's, here's a food for thought for you. I would like you to think on this. And you know that it's true. If you read the Bible and you're in the Word and you follow God's Word, that He greatly uses us against ourselves. The enemy is a tactician beyond all those on this face of this earth. All the armies and the generals and the admirals and all that, they've got nothing on this guy. Satan uses our own minds against us. If you go through the book of Psalms and you read through the Bible, most all these troubling issues were because he got in our mindset and he got us thinking about this. What happens when there's agitation? I, I shared with you uh, Sunday. So I, he was trying to get me in my mind that I should just sleep in and do later this. And then as the time was drawing in the morning, he was, I just don't go. 
just don't go. Fellowship was needed. I'd already worked late a couple weeks and didn't go. And excused myself. No, there is no excuse, brothers and sisters. We are called to gather. We are called to worship. We are called to be in the Lord's house on that day. And it doesn't matter. Yeah, I had to work the night before and I had to work that day after church. I got to come home, take care of things, and then go to work. But the important is that I go and fellowship. And when I went Sunday, it was so wonderful to have my pastor had finished sabbatical and got up on uh, in front of the brothers and sisters and shared his word. And it was so, so marvelous to see. And it was so marvelous to take part in the worship in the house of God. And brothers and sisters, we have to remember that Satan uses us against ourselves. And that is factual. It's also scriptural. And we have to remember that God is with us all the time. And this is part of, uh, part of the, the gems that are in, in the treasury. Some of these verses, specific verses, are like gems. And then there are others that are golden. Where do they think that the golden rule came from? And there are those that would like to credit that with some guy thought it up. Well, some guy didn't think it up. This comes from the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you at all times. That comes straight from the word of God. Some guy did not make it up and you know that this is what we should do to for others. This comes from the word of God that we are to treat everyone as brothers and sisters. And in we have um, some beautiful, beautiful verses. And this is a treasure that we need to keep in our minds at all times. In Hebrews 6, 18 and 19, and Paul wrote in his letter that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. So that that has been separated from us for so long, because high priests were the only ones that used to be able to go to the inner sanctum or beyond the veil, and that they were the only ones that would be able to, to go in and that they'd have to get the word and then bring it out to others. And when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, and, and here's, here's something that we have to remember that's very important. Samaritans were descendants of Jacob, and they were Jewish of a different sect, but... Nonetheless, they were all kin, but yet there was such hatred, absolute hatred between the Samaritans and the Jewish people. And they, would, they wouldn't even pass each other on the road. They would cross over to the other side of the road so they didn't have to even walk by each other. And 
that is so much what's going on in the world today. My gosh, the derision, the derisiveness, and the hatred, and the driving separation, <coughs> pardon me, which is the tactic that Satan himself is using against us, and so many people don't want to hear this. They, oh, let's not focus on that. That's just doom. That's just gloom. That's so dark and dismal, blah, blah, blah. Well, brothers and sisters, it's in the Bible and it's the truth. So how is it just that you're going to ignore only part and parcel study and that's all you do? You can't. You have to take the word in its entirety. There's a young man, and I'm going to throw his name out there. He calls himself Morgue. <laughs> Morgue, the place of the dead. Oh, my gosh. And the teaching that he's trying to, as he's trying to use the Bible out of context to prove that God is a liar, that Jesus Christ is a liar, and he takes one verse and throws it completely out of context, and then he's got this whole big following. And one of the things that I, I did, my, uh, my niece had sent this to me, and I listened to one of the things that he was talking about and how the Bible proves that Jesus Christ is a liar, God's a liar, and this and that, and God's, uh, Jesus is late, and he's tapping his watch, and he's trying to make a production and a joke out of it. Well, here's the thing that the young man didn't know, doesn't know, and didn't study, and is not aware of, is that God doesn't work on our time. Our time does not make God late. When God arrives, and when God acts, it's exactly when it's supposed to happen, and when he decides it's supposed to happen. God is sovereign over all things. Abba Yahweh, Father God, maker of all things made. He has a watch, but it doesn't work on the time that we have here. It does not work on mammon time. It works on God's universal time. And when he says it's time, that's when it's time. But then I notice in the background, this young man had a symbol on the back wall the pentagram, the symbol of the church of Satan. So that was telling me exactly where he is in his mindset. And what he tries to pump out there is that the Bible proves, proves what? When you take things out of context, yeah, you can pretty much direct anybody anywhere. But what I'm trying to share with you, brothers and sisters, that through the Bible, we can go from the New to the Old Testament. I've done that with you that it's all relative, it's all related, and it can intertwine, and there is relevance from the Old to the New Testament. And um, the, the uh, Orthodox Jews, the very devout Jewish faith, not the Jewish people, there are those Jewish people who are also Christian, believe in Jesus Christ, is the Son of God, and was the Messiah at that time, and is our Messiah who will come again as he promised. There are Jewish people that believe that. And they believe in Jesus Christ, Father God, and the Holy Spirit. There are, however, sadly, those that are still looking for the Messiah because they believe that Jesus Christ was not him. And that's sad. But that doesn't make any difference because the word is here and the word tells us that we pray for all those, even morgue. I even pray for him because it is possible for him to repent, that the Holy Spirit could 
grab his heart and pull him. And the Bible tells us that the treasury, the treasure that God provides to us. And it is important that we remember that, brothers and sisters, that we remember. And as I share, it's in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5. I'm going to go in here to verse 8. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And for an, an helmet, the hope of salvation. Paul wrote that to the letters of the, to uh, the church in Thessalonica. We have to remember that, that we are uh, sober, doesn't have anything to do with being drunk. We have taken and turned that around to be drunk, but it is not having anything to do with being drunk. It just means to be aware and showing out what we are to be and not what mammon has us to be. And we are to be aware that Jesus Christ is coming as he promised and that we are to be in the light and be forthright and not be just wandering as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus Christ talked about in the book of Luke. So many people are just wandering around, doing whatever they're doing, getting married, carrying on, working and doing all this stuff here, and they didn't pray, they didn't worship, they didn't do anything. And the whole time that Noah was building the ark, he was trying to preach to them, he was trying to give them the word from God, and they made fun of him, they belittled him, belittled him. and brothers and sisters, that happens today. People point their finger at the church, they point their finger at Christians. But then the thought process goes through my head, why are they doing that to a particular church? Because is that church showing themselves out to be what they're supposed to be? There's a church, Westport Baptist Church. Oh my gosh, how sad that is. They get vocal, loud, destructive, and aggressive in their protests. They've gone to uh, funeral services for servicemen and women that have died in service to this country. And they have gone to funerals of police officers and throwing things and protesting and loudly and they have banners. What kind of teaching is that? How is that supposed to be a demonstration of what God has called us to be and what our purpose is? And then people stand back and they point their finger at him. That, like that is an example of all Christians. It's not. But that's what Paul is talking about in this letter that we can pull out of the treasury that God has put down here for us in our instruction manual. Be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for all and for and helmet the hope of salvation. Brothers and sisters, we have to have this on in order to be able to uh, be able to dodge those darts and things that are always thrown at us and they're always going to be at us. And I'm going to share further with you in verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak, be patient toward all men. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not the prophesying. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, in verse 21, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. 
as I've shared with you many times, and I'll share with you again, try the Spirit. Try my Spirit. You think that what I share is not truthful or untruthful, or you find it offensive? Remember, I've shared with you that too. If you seek offense, you're going to find it. But if you seek those things that are good and righteous and holy that God provides, you're going to see that. But if you look for something to be offended by, you will find it. 99.9% of the time, if you're looking for something, you're bound to find it. You lose something in the house, you keep looking, you'll find it. You want to be offended? Look for offense. You'll find something to be offended about. And if you can't find anything that's flagrant, you're going to find something the way they dress, their makeup, the way they talk. You're going to find something to be offended by. You will find what you seek. But the important thing is the Word of God tells us to seek His face, to be in the Word and seek Him, to pray without ceasing. I've shared that with you before. It's possible to do. You can walk around the house doing your chores, doing the housework while you're cooking, and pray for brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you. Am I going out? Am I coming in? When I get ready to go to bed, you're in my prayers. When I get ready to go out, you're in my prayers. Through the day, if I'm not in the middle of some traffic jam or something that warrants immediate attention, even then I'm praying. I'm praying for the safety of those around me and for the safety of what I'm doing. And I pray for you, my brothers and sisters. The word of God is our treasury. It's our armory. We have things that we can pull out to respond to those things that are cast. But brothers and sisters, we have to remember that we don't do it in confrontation. Like Daniel, Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego for those that don't know their actual Hebrew names. They were given names just like Daniel was called Balthashazar. Those are names, honorifics that were given by the false teachers, the counselors, the Chaldeans that worked for Nebuchadnezzar and those are Babylonian uh, to their false gods. Those were honorifics that were put on them, but they didn't use them. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. Those are the Hebrew names. And that's who we're talking about. They weren't confrontational. They didn't come up and fight and argue. And here's the thing, too, we have to remember. God doesn't need us to defend him. Brothers and sisters, he made, the maker of all things made. He and Jesus Christ created all the things that we see around us and all the things that are there. And everything was made by him, and by him all things consist. It's in the word of God. That means that he is in part of everything. He doesn't need us to defend him. We can, if it looks like it's going to become a confrontational, just like that, that church that demonstrates violently and aggressively, a true Christian doesn't need to get in their face and, and holler righteous things back at them. That doesn't need to be done. Calmly speak and just tell them. It's, it makes no point for us to argue with anyone. That's confrontational. Stand upright and be bold. Be of good courage, brothers and sisters, for God stands beside us. Or his angels are with us all the time. And we stand fast. We don't step down, which is cowardice, and say, oh, okay, and then go run off and let them pour into this 
a funeral service that is honoring uh, policemen or firemen or soldiers, brothers and sisters that have, have given their all and died and came home draped under the flag that people are refusing to stand for. Don't have to confront them about that. Don't stand down and be a coward about anything. And don't step aside and compromise. It, honestly, I'm righteously angered about it. And remember, this too is in the Bible. That we can be angry. That, that That's not wrong. The Bible tells us to, to, that we can be, but not to sin in our anger. You don't confront, you don't take a swing, and you don't curse somebody. You can be angry, and it angers me that there are those that claim to be pastors, and I, I pray for them still that they may have gotten on their knees and prayed to God and repented what they did. But apologize for scripture that comes out of the word of God because there's an organization has a very powerful lobby and is changing so many things that are going on in this country. It's a powerful lobby that they have. And these men stepped aside and apologized for speaking the truth and the word of God. That is not acceptable behavior of a true Christian. Don't have to be confrontational, but don't apologize for the truth in the word of God. I'm not going to apologize for anything I say because what I say is true. And I've also shared with you that you can try my spirit anytime you like. And on that little electronic device you have, if you don't want to listen, push a button and delete. You don't have to listen. And I'll share again with you what I've said then. I don't care because my validation doesn't come from mammon. My validation comes from God. God has said, yes, this is a good thing for you to do. This is acceptable. The Holy Spirit wakes me up in the middle of the night to come out and get in the word and share the word with my brothers and sisters. I get roused by the Holy Spirit and directs me. This is not stuff that I make up and I come in here just to do it to do it. And as I shared with you about Jesus Christ talking to the woman at the well and the Samaritan woman. And when they were talking, she was talking about having to go to the synagogue and all this, and, and the Jews have to go to the temple and the, they have to go in to share. But Jesus Christ was sharing with her. And in, um, I'm sorry, in John 4, we're going to jump over to verse 23 and 24, uh, where he gives her the key. These are the key notes in here, and these are some of the gems in the treasury of God that I spoke about. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For he is the Father, seeketh such to worship him. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, in that being said, brothers and sisters, we can worship God anywhere. It's good that we go, <clears throat> pardon me, that we go to church and we gather and we see brothers and sisters because that's what we're called to do. He tells us in Hebrews that we are a gathering people. 
and not to forsake that as it is that some do. And the devil tries to get us to do that. Derisiveness is the key that the devil pushes and tries to promote. And here's another gem. John 3.16 again. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And so if they refuse to accept, then they've given in to the enemy and they've already condemned themselves. And it's, it's not, it's still, it's not too late though. It's not too late. It can be forgiven, they can repent, and it can be changed. And I'm going to come back in here. I'm going to go into Romans 8. I've shared with you before already, brothers and sisters, that Romans 8 is my adoption letter. It's actually all of our adoption letters. It's all of our adoption letters. And it's very important in this. It is also our declaration of independence. Independence for what? From depending on mammon, for depending on the lies of the accuser, the condemner, the liar, the fear. It is our declaration of independence. <clears throat> Sorry, brothers and sisters, I have a little... <clears throat> Pardon me. That we have to know and understand... And one of the gems, the gems is in Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or the sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed and all the day long we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And take note here that Paul wrote that to the... To the uh, church in Rome that they were right smack in the middle of so much stuff, orgies, false doctrines, false teaching, falsehoods. You look to the left, you look to the right, you look to the fore, you look to the aft and, and falsehood all around surrounding. They were besieged by this. They were persecuted and as it was in that day, so it is in this day. The relevance of God's treasury the treasure of God's word is as relevant today as it was then as when it was first written. <clears throat> we see these things that are taking place, brothers and sisters, all around us. 
in this day. And I'm going to share a couple scriptures and let you go to read them yourselves. And tell me if it doesn't. I've over in the sidebar and some of these things in the book of Isaiah, one of the greatest prophets there, there is. In Isaiah 3 and you go through 9 through 11, I just continue reading chapter 3. Or you can do, like I said, 9 through 11 and then jump up to 14. And you see, I put over in the side note over here, the USA. <clears throat> so when it talks about the nation, things like that, you just think, read this, and think if that isn't happening today. And it's not looking by any means or at all, of, oh, doom and gloom, God, such a naysayer. Look at the negativity. Well, brothers and sisters, no, I'm looking at reality. I don't focus on that. My focus is on God, my Savior. <coughs> Pardon me. As I shared with you in the book of Romans 8, our adoption letter and our letter of declaration of independence from these very things that are spoken of, neither height nor depth nor principalities nor darkness, any of those things can separate us from the love of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So that is what our focus needs to be, not focus on the negativity, not focus on the activity of the enemy, and brothers and sisters, we need to kind of learn to stay out of our own heads. And we need to, uh, we need to stay in the word of God. And we need to just remember, and we're called to be together and worship. Psalms 134, Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, the Lord that made heaven and earth. Bless thee out of Zion. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be a gathering people. And when we go, that we lift our hands and worship to the Lord God Almighty, the maker of all things made. And it's important. And it's important that when you read through the book of Psalms, you will see that David was quite troubled and many of these things were in mind and thought and pondered them. Uh, David was kind of an overthinker, which many of us are. But this is, this is key. This is important that we hear this. And please, brothers and sisters, hear what I'm saying. The thought process that goes on in our heads is not just some whimsical thought that you come up with and some idea. The enemy is hard at work and the goal of the enemy is to separate us and keep us separated from God. Keep us separated one from another. Keep us from praying one for one another and to just do and be a part of our own. Let me ask this. Pose this question to you and think on it. When you do something that you you know or you believe may be not right, and you fall and you fail, 
which we will all do and we all will do. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But remember this, brothers and sisters, that God does not expect us to be perfect because until he who is perfect has come, there is no perfect thing in this world. A lot of people use that term and they use the term loosely, but, but let me get back to this point that I'm trying to get you to think on. When you fall short, and you fail at that instant, and you will. I do. And what is one of the things that come the the one of the thoughts that springs into your mind is, oh man, I can't. How am I supposed to get into the Word and pray when I just did this? And I and God, oh man, I can't. Man, how can I possibly talk to God now? Well, those thoughts are to keep you from doing that very thing which we are to do. Get right in the word, get right in prayer and confess to God. Yeah, God is omniscient. He sees everything. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's always with us. And he's omnipotent, all-powerful. But God is not the condemner. He's not the accuser. The condemner and accuser is Satan, the enemy. So those things that are condemning you with your own mind to keep you from prayer, talking to God, and keep you from getting in the Word, that's the enemy putting that in your head, that thought process. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ and his blood that he shed for us so that we can go straight to the Father. Yeah, God knows, but God loves to have his children talk to him. Prayer. I shared with you the saints. We are the saints, the believers, the true believers in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, and faith in God are the saints. When we pray to him, he saves those prayers in golden vials. They're like a sweet savor to him. They're a sweet incense to our Father God. That was revealed in the vision of Jesus Christ to John on the island of Patmos. He was given that vision and he saw the angel showed him that God saves our prayers. Brothers and sisters, these things are gems and gold that come out of the treasury of God. And he has shown me and blessed me so much in his faith in me to do that which he has called me to do, and that's to be in my father's business. Whatever else you do, it's none of my business. I don't care. I do, and it isn't, you know, just kind of a complacent shrug of the shoulders, and I don't care. I don't care in the fact that I'm not going to confront and do all that. I will pray. I care like that. I care the way the Bible tells me I'm supposed to care. And if you don't listen to what I say, there's no little alarm on my on my device that's going to beep when somebody doesn't listen or they don't. And when I go to the to the uh, anchor, it doesn't tell me who's not listening. It doesn't show huge, great, bounding numbers, which would be cool. But it does show that there are those that are tuning in and listening. And quite honestly, from when I first started to this point here, the number has grown exponentially. So that's, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome. But not important for me. And I pray and I keep 
rebuking that to to check all that because I don't want to get caught up in that. That's not what this podcasting is about, brothers and sisters. This is sharing the word of God to be in my father's business. This is not about Raven Whitehawk. This is about Abba, Yahweh, El Shaddai, Adonai, Ashalem, El Hanim. It's about God, Rafa, our great healer. It is about him, our banner, our shield, our rock, our tower of strength. It is about the glory of God and the glory of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son that came and sacrificed himself for us. It is about the teaching of the Holy Spirit that teaches and guides us and leads us and is all about how they three, the triune spirit, work for us. Angels come to help us. And you remember when Elisha was, uh, had his protege, his young, his young helper who was learning, was so afraid when they were surrounded by the enemy. And the prophet prayed to God and asked for that, just that one time for his student to be able to see how he sees. Because see, there are some that are allowed to see that realm. A realm is very scary. And especially now, to be able to look over there and see. It's very scary. There are things that are going on around us. Even now, if you look around your house, you can't see it, you can't hear it, and you see no remnant, but there are things that are happening around us that are so frightening, and the angels fight to protect us all the time. But he prayed for God to open his eyes, his spiritual eyes, And he went out on the balcony and he looked out. And the army that surrounded the city that that he was so frightened of, he was so frightened that they were going to come in and they were all going to die. But then his eyes were open and he could see and he looked all around. And all around the enemy's camp were the armies of the hosts of heaven. And they were flaming but not consumed. And I shared with you the angelic being that I saw protecting that bridge that the demons try to come across at nighttime. He was lit by the fire of heaven, was not consumed, but appeared as he does in the spiritual realm because my eyes were allowed to see that night that God saw fit to allow me to see that. He knew that I was troubled. And God knows these things, and he does send help, and help does come. Brothers and sisters, I love you. Be blessed, be encouraged, and stay in the treasury. For the treasury holds the treasure of God, not only the treasure of God and all of his wisdom, knowledge, and his understanding and declares his love all through the Bible for us, brothers and sisters. And there's nothing that can keep us from that. If we truly believe that and we walk in faith, we walk in sobriety. And again, that has nothing to do with being drunk and drinking alcohol, just being straight and upright and not allowing the confusion of what's going on in the world to take that away. Brothers and sisters, I pray for you. Have a blessed day. Be encouraged.